right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, Independence Day time, go America time, back-to-back World War champion time, whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, not live at all, by the way. And the reason for that is we are recording this before uh, I am on my way out of the country. Pat just got back from Jamaica. I'm heading to Barbados. and uh, so Trying not to get lost. That's true. Might be hard to find your way home. That's true. Hope you're a good swimmer, Michael Phelps. Yeah, that uh, that's going to be a fun trip. Looking forward to it. Uh, am a little bit sad, though, to... Uh, spend the fourth away from the United States of America. That was a little weird the one time I did it. We did our honeymoon was in Jamaica during the 4th of July and and yeah, it's a little I mean a lot of Americans like on the resort obviously so people still celebrate it but yeah. it, it felt strange. I mean I'm sure wherever we are they'll have like a, a like a 4th of July party or something but normally yeah. you know this would be the first time been out of the country several times never been out on the 4th. So that will be interesting but nonetheless uh, thank you founding fathers of America. You had a good idea. You weren't perfect, but you had a good idea. I, for one, am... Well, I'm, I'm not just for one, but... Uh, I speak for a lot of people when I say I'm glad you'll be gone. <laughs> it's true. You, I don't know if you're saying it in jest or not, but I know a lot of other people would not be saying it in jest. Except all the Tennessee fans who are really going to be wringing their hands over what's going to go wrong with you going. It's true. There was the joke that Pat had the... Uh, like, nothing but good news happened while Pat was gone for the most part. And uh, now that I'm going to be gone, it usually is some bad news. But uh, I will be far away from here. I will be consuming rum before the hour of noon pretty much every day. So if anything happens, y'all will have to do it without me, which actually might make it easier sometimes. But guys, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Since, you know, I wasn't going to be here and uh, I don't want to teach any of these guys how to run the board because I'm not patient enough to do that. We had to record this a week early for when I'm gone, so we went with uh, what we in this business like to call an evergreen topic. You know, something that will last for a good long while. But it's a fun one. It's a fun one. And knock on wood, because something could happen that makes us change this, which don't know what we're going to do if that happens, Yeah. but what we're going to do today... In that, in that case, this podcast will never see the light of day. Yep. <laughs> And no, the only people that will know, the only people that will know that we recorded are three people in this room, uh, our wives who know that we're here, uh, and God. Yes, that's true. Or whatever deity you out there are listening to believe in. And John Wick, because John Wick knows everything. That's a good point. But what we're going to do today is we're going to... And Grant Ramey will know too. Maybe. (laughs) If we decide to tell him, which I'm not sure that we will. But what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to break down... I'm um, going to look at some breakout candidates for Tennessee's football team this season. So uh, the only thing that could happen is one of them could get hurt in between now and the time that we record this. And if that happens... Again, won't see the light of this day. This will not see the light of day, so we will not have a podcast next week, or it will be just a Pat turning on his phone and doing some uh, acapella voice to men. That will be next week's podcast. I would like to hear that. Yeah. Well, you know, because, you know, and you're like, where's the where's the crossover there? Wanye Morris, named after Wanye from Boyce to Men. So Boom, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's a good segue. What we're going to do is, do we decide, we decided before this that we were going to go defense first, then offense. So yep. what we're going to do... Defense wins championships. Yeah, defense wins championships. So we are going to go around this table, and we're each going to throw out a name, and then we're going to discuss those names in we're order. Gonna, we're going to tell everybody why... Those, the picks that someone else made were wrong after those names were thrown out. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make this decision on the fly. Especially Wes's. He's do we do we each just list the name, and then we spend a few minutes discussing the names? Or yeah, do tell, we... uh, tell the name, explain why you made the pick, and then everyone else will tell you why you're wrong. Well, no, what I'm saying is do we do we go boom right quick and just name all three Oh, names? no, no, no. I think one at a time. Okay, then who's going to go first? Ryan, you go first. Okay, sure. We'll go Ryan go first. Ryan's pick for defensive breakout... 
performer for the University of Tennessee football team in 2019 is drum roll. We don't have a drum roll sound. No, um, I didn't load it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Elante Taylor. Okay. And this will seem like a, probably a safe pick to some people, but I think it's a very Ryan Callahan pick. Yeah. Oh, well, no, Ryan, Ryan would be alphabetically naming the roster. I had one that was a little bit more of elite, but I didn't want someone not to pick Elante Taylor because I feel pretty good about it. Who was your secondary pick? Savion Williams, um, who I I think will have a a very good year on the defensive line. Um, Hard worker. I could see it. But, uh, but I, I, I think Elante Taylor needs to be mentioned in this discussion though, because he had a good freshman year. He did play a lot. Sometimes. Yeah. He he did play a lot for Tennessee, and like by any by any stretch of the imagination, starting a bunch of games at cornerback in the SEC as a true freshman is a successful season. Sure it is. Um, starting and playing pretty well, like Bryce Thompson especially did, is a very successful freshman season. I think Elante, like you said, was a little more up and down last year, and and more importantly, I think he came to Tennessee not expecting to play defensive back. He came to Tennessee expecting to be a receiver. Yeah, and he got his first look there. And, you know, quickly got a look on, on defense after that. And then Tennessee sort of, I think, allowed him to see that his better opportunity to play and make an early impact was on defense. I think they kind of showed him, hey, on offense, you're, you're solid. You can yeah. help us. On defense, you're a guy and we need you. And you're going to have a you good have chance a to start. Dang, yeah. You know, playing time is a heck of a carrot to dangle on the stick. Yeah. So, I mean, he had a good freshman year. He played a lot. Uh, he, he started a number of games, uh, started nine out of 12. Yeah. Um, so, but he had 40 tackles, one tackle for loss, two pass breakups, two forced fumbles, uh, a blocked kick. He had no interceptions. So that's where I think he becomes a breakout candidate is I think he makes more plays this year. Well, because – and I think this is why it's a good pick too. One, I think he's going to have a better year. Two, I think – Especially early in the season, I might be wrong here, but if I am, uh, if you're, I'm, you're it, probably wrong, probably. But if I'm an opponent playing Tennessee early in the season, and I have the combination, I, I can either pick on Bryce Thompson at corner, I can pick on Balaam Buchanan at star, or I can pick on Elante Taylor at corner. I'm probably going after Elante Taylor, all things being equal, because that, I feel like that's if you look at film last year, that's the best matchup of the three. You'll want to go attack Elante Taylor, and I think. Teams will do that, and I think I'd probably he might be ready Buchan- to help. I might, I'd probably go for Buchanan. See, I well, think Buchanan's, I think Buchanan's, Buchanan's a bit underrated. of a wild card, too. He's had some, some health yeah, questions. I just think he's an underrated player if he's healthy. Yeah. If, I, if he's healthy. And, and if he's – and Tennessee fans don't like to – you know they, they don't think he's very good because they see him giving up a lot of receptions. But uh, if he's out of the lineup, that's a, they're going to they're gonna have to tinker some things around. But when if his injury situation is uh, lingers into the season, he missed uh, he missed pretty much all of spring practice with uh, looked to be some sort of head type deal because he was out yeah. there practicing and going through drills without a helmet. Yeah. So so he may be fine, but he may be fine. Um, um, but it's at least a question mark. So yeah, I'd, I wouldn't necessarily say Taylor's the one I would most likely target. But I think when you take your chance between Thompson, who made some big plays last year, and Taylor, you're more yeah, likely and, to go after Taylor. And if you look at the last two games of, of last season. Um, and I don't know. We don't, you know, we don't know if Alante hit a wall. Or I think something he hit happened. A wall. Yeah. Um, but Missouri picked on him pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Locke and uh, what's the guy's name? It's killing me. Emmanuel Hall. Yes, Emmanuel yeah. Hall. Thank you, S. Great um, deep threat. They were they were they were throwing back shoulders and and Locke was whistling the ball right by Alante's ear hole. Um, yeah, it, they, it, it they, was they, it, it was shades of Inky Johnson against um, uh, Earl uh, against what's his name Earl the wide receiver from uh, Earl Bennett Earl Bennett from Vandy um, years ago. Yeah, they, they and, and then in Van, against Vanderbilt he got I think Alante got pinched at one point. I mean they had DJ Henderson out there playing corner. Yep, because uh, because Alante was having some trouble with um, Clyde Liscom early in that game. So uh, that that's also maybe a good uh, you, you talk about carrots and dangling and motivation that. The way that his season ended for a guy like Alante is if I'm Tennessee's coaching staff, I'm saying, look at this, you're better than this. Just keep showing him film of those mistakes and get him kind of mad. And and we saw he was one of the guys that stood out to me early in spring practice as a guy that, okay, he's had a good offseason. Physically looks great. Physically looks good. Looks like he's got a little bit of swagger about him. Maybe he's, and Ryan, you kind of touched on this, looks more and, and, and acts more like a cornerback now. Mm-hmm. And if you see that, then – uh, and maybe thinks of himself more as a cornerback now. He's he's and, put he's put away his dreams of being an offensive star and um, seeing you know seen maybe seeing the light. And if that comes on this off season and it translates into the season, he could be uh, a really good player. And and you can't. I mean, we're all guilty of this. We kind of make fun of the the whole off season narrative that you know everyone looks great in the off season. The weight room is never 
failed anyone yep. this time of no, year. No but, team has ever had a bad offseason. Yeah, but I saw him on campus recently, and he, he looks noticeably bigger. I think he's he's developed a little bit more physically, and and that that always can can bode well for a player. I, I think he's been he's been pretty dedicated in in the offseason workouts and everything from everything I've I've gathered so far. And, uh, helped out at some of Tennessee's camps this month, and as one of the, the kind of student assistants helping out with DB drills and things like that. So I think he's he's shown all the things you want to see from a from a you know potentially future leader at that position, and and I think they they view him as someone who's ready to take the next step in his his progression this year. So I, I think Elante Taylor, I think he's a you know if there's anything we know about that defense, honestly, it's what it's what they have at cornerback. They're, they're it could a, be pretty good. Yeah, there are a lot of wild cards on that defense, but I think they feel like. With Bryce Thompson and Alante Taylor back and going into their second year, they could be pretty solid there. You know, you you feel pretty good about some other guys, uh, Nigel Warrior and, and Daryl Taylor. There's some guys who play a lot of football, Emmett Gooden, but but no one you probably feel as good about position wise as those corners. And, and I think Taylor has has a chance to to make that a pretty good group if he can take the kind of step I'm envisioning. All right, do I get to pick now? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my pick is drum roll, the, please. Just aforementioned Emmett Gooden. Yeah. Um, he is the only really known quantity or quantity commodity on this defensive line. Um, and I think if the light comes on for him, the, the Tennessee's coaching staff thinks he could be really good. Um, but you see he, it on, you see he, it on film at times. He flashes. He needs to kind of have the motor and the less miles want to all the time or more consistently. And, and he doesn't have a choice. I mean, there, and there's a lot of guys on this defensive line who, uh, and Ryan, you mentioned saving. I was like, they don't have a choice. Like they have to like be good. Yeah. Uh, Emmett Gooden has to be good for this defensive line to be good. He has to be sort of the, the tone setter and the guy that goes out and practice every day and says, here's how we're going to practice. Uh, do it right. Or Tracy Rocker is going to make us run until we puke. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, he, he's going to have to be that, that it's only his second year here, but he's sort of the older guy because he's played more than everybody. And he didn't have, he's, he really hasn't even played that much considering he was pretty much just a backup kind of second teamer last year. But as you touched on Wes, like he was, I think he probably had more production in terms of like uh, run stops, run stuffs at the line yep. plays like that. He had more uh, or, or better production per snap than some of the starters did in front of him. Um, and so if they can get him to sort of take that leap and, and, and apply some of the production that he was able to, to create in a limited role and, and have him do it in a uh in a in an expanded role where he's playing 40 50 plus snaps a game yep then then, then you could see some uh first of all you'd see a big jump in production second of all you could see a guy that's that's making plays and making an impact on the game and that's what they need him to do here's what you know it's it, it's a bit of a risk because gooden you know can the like can he put it all together and, and can he do that so that there's if it seems like a safe pick i, I don't know that it's a safe pick necessarily because he's got to go out there and do it yeah i, I mean I, I i think that here's what i like about about that pick you 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 look at a guy who you know you, a lot of times history is a roadmap for judging the future you know it, it's not all it's not a fail safe now he's a philosophizer but i'm I'm just saying you you look at <laughs> at things that fall under a certain sort of timeline and you know historically and and i think when you look at situations like gooden's most of the time, when you get a junior college player who comes in, normally they might physically look like a million bucks, but they still don't quite know what they're doing at a level like the SEC yet. They still don't quite know exactly what kind of shape they have to be in. And just because they look all big and menacing doesn't mean they're actually in shape. They have to get in football shape. They have to understand that people don't take plays off much at this level, that, that every single snap is, is basically a battle at the line of scrimmage. And that it's not just like Juco where you can just show up a few times a game when you want to make a big play and, and, and you're a stud. Uh, it's not always like that at the SEC level. Um, but when you get that second year, you get a full offseason in the strength and conditioning program. Uh, if you keep your coordinators and your, your, your line coaches or, or basically your, your style on defense, which Tennessee, even though it has a new coordinator, is playing the same defense. It's still Jeremy Pruitt's defense. Yeah, it, it's, it, let's make no mistake about it. I mean, Tennessee's got a really good defensive coordinator now, too. Um, but I think that Pruitt is... Um, He's the architect he, of the scheme. Yeah, yeah. yeah more for, for, for lack of a better phrase there. I, I think that's what he is. So that part is the same. So the continuity is there. He's in better shape. And he knows that he's playing for NFL money right now. There is no you know, kind of fallback deal. It's do it right now. 
if you want to be anything other than a free agent camp signee because you're, you know, athletic and big and will get a chance somewhere, which he will, uh, then this is your time to do it. So when you look at those guys in those situations, a lot of times that second year out of JUCO is a really big leap. And, and I think he's a guy who, when you look at it historically, he fits all the parameters of a guy who has a pretty good season. And there's also the simple necessity of the matter. He has to be good. There is no shy Tuttle right now. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they don't, they don't, they need him to be the guy. And, and maybe some of these young guys step up and emerge and they can make big plays there and, and they can, you know, maybe, maybe Solomon gets eligible and, and does, you know, some, some big stuff there. Maybe, maybe we, we don't know. Um, maybe, you know, Williams, guys like that, some of these new guys, or, you know, you know, Mincy, Croc Garland after a, being out for the spring comes back and has a good year. Th- these things could happen, but Tennessee needs so badly for Emmett Gooden to be good. And I think he will get a lot of pressure put on him in the offseason and squeaky wheel grease. I just, I think he's going to have a good year. We talk a lot about, and a lot of people want to know, okay, like what newcomers does, does Tennessee need on both sides of the ball on defense? They need a lot of guys that have played a lot of football uh, that are in sort of de facto contract years to really step up guys like Daniel Batuli, Nigel warrior Gooden's, you know, one of these guys, Daryl Taylor, these seniors that like if you if you want to make a career for yourself playing football, you got to go out and show out this year. And, and there's gotta, there's one kind of at each level of the yeah. defense. And, and so that's that's another thing that you know, uh, if if you're going to have a breakout year, this is the year to do it. Before you know, this is your final year to audition. If you want to play in the NFL, this is your chance. And and we saw it with you know the three seniors that that Gooden is going to be tasked and and replacing. You know, I would say that it's fair to say that Kyle Phillips and Alexis Johnson, Shytuttle all played probably the best football of their careers mm-hmm. last season. As no seniors. question. Um, you know, they weren't all ACC type players necessarily, but they were productive players who did what Tennessee needed them to do. And, and now Tennessee needs good to do, uh, you know, they need Tennessee, Tennessee needs good to do what they need them to do. And yeah. Let's play well and be productive and make an impact on the game. You know, and I mentioned all those things that I just mentioned, and I'm going to add one to that. He's got a good position coach. Tracy Rocker has been doing this for a long time, uh, has put a lot of linemen in the league. Uh, he's a guy who, um, is is just a proven commodity as a coach and a guy who Pru- use him use him very highly. I, yeah, if it, if it seems like yeah. There's no question, and and, and it's funny because you know Pruitt grew up cheering for him when he was a player, uh, when when Rocker was a dominant player there at Auburn. But but I mean now it, it's this is Tennessee's in the position it's in now defensively, uh, and it's on the defensive line. It's a tough situation going into the season. I think Rocker uh, and friend on offense are, are gonna they're gonna have a tough job. They're going to have, there's a lot of work they're going to have to do. And I think when you look at the fact that, that, that a guy who needs to step up as a senior leader can step up and do that. And maybe that train you're hearing in the background right now is the uh, Emmett Gooden pain train coming through. (laughs) It's like like Terry Tate, the office linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. Put your cover on those TPS reports, Gary. Well, I I think when you're picking a breakout candidate like this so many times, it's, it, you start with who has the opportunity. I mean, you, you have yeah. to find guys who are needed, who are in a position where they're going to be playing a lot. It starts with that because it, it's much easier to take advantage of an opportunity than it is to wedge your way into a situation where there's not an obvious opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so for Gooden, just the fact that, again, like we said, Tennessee needs him, that someone has to step forward on the defensive line, that someone's going to have a lot of snaps to play, and, and Gooden may be the guy by default who plays a large percentage of those snaps if they can't find enough you know, guys in the rotation they can really count on. Um, that alone makes him a good pick. So uh, I, I certainly have nothing wrong with that choice and think he'll be a, a popular pick among fans to be the most, you know, the most counted on defensive lineman Tennessee has. Yeah, and I think that we've already mentioned one guy in, in the secondary. I'm going to go ahead and name another one. I thought about trying to identify an edge rusher, but – I just good go, luck with that. I, yeah, I, I, it was just you know you go with a guy like DeAndre Johnson. I mean, what, you don't what, want to use the old sack of potatoes reference. Yeah, like but. yeah, it's just that until someone emerges there, that's that's what Tennessee has. But but I I think well we get the train we get the train and crime dogs combo at the same time. There's if you had to pick an outside linebacker, mine would be Roman Harrison. Yeah, he's I, my dog. Just because he's already thir- he's already thirty three years old, <laughs> so he should be in the prime of his career. <laughs> but but I, I think when I looked at a guy who who I thought could have a big year. You talk about opportunity. Uh, as Ryan just mentioned, you talk about ability. Uh, you talk about having a second year in the program. Uh, I think a guy who fits all those, and there's not even a guarantee this guy starts. Let's be honest. There's That's not. That's true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But but I, I think that when I break it down, 
I like Trayvon Flowers. Mm-hmm. I, and, and you know, you mentioned Jalen McCullough as a guy who's going to be challenging him for that starting job. I think uh, you know, has Wes a, is almost dying over here. By the way, has, has he a, got a bug in my throat. Yeah, I mean, he has a lot to <laughs> a lot to do to prove that he can you know win a win a job. But there's no guarantee Jalen McCullough doesn't come into camp and just really make, make an impression. Just makes me emotional trying <laughs> to make this pick. No, I, I think no, that I mean McCullough is is somebody that the staff is very high on. Um, and so Flowers is gonna have to earn it if he's gonna if he's gonna be starting. He, but here, they were really 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 high on him going into last season. Yes, they. And, he, and, and as much as hype as Bryce Thompson and Alante Taylor got, I, uh, Taylor started against West Virginia, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, the second freshman that started in the secondary in that game was not Bryce Thompson; it was Trayvon Flowers. So That's true. They, they were, you know, they were very high on him. And, and when you talk about, I talked about you know JUCO guys and all that with their second year, but let's not forget Flowers is a guy who. Um, was a baseball first guy for for a little while there, and thought that he was going to play both sports in college, and still might. Uh, well, he, he might yeah, sign sign to play baseball at Kentucky before yeah. football yeah. really became even an option for him. And, and so this is a guy who stands to reason has not spent. I mean, he had, when was the last time he spent a spring playing football? It's yeah, been before, forever. Before his senior year, he got back into it. And I, I, eighth grade. I don't know if he practiced his senior year, but he played in eighth grade last time before that. So I mean, essentially, he's this is his second year full-time in football yeah, since eighth grade. And you talk about the biggest difference, you know, being from your first to your second year or your first to second game, depending on which, which you know, phrase you're looking for there. But usually after you've done something once, you do it the second time, you're going to be better at it. And I, I like the fact, though, that this is a baseball guy because I, I don't think it's a 100% match. But I think that guys who play baseball when they go play in the secondary, I think they usually have pretty good ball skills and instincts because they're having to track the ball in flight. They're having to use hand-eye coordination. There's a lot of things that I think translate between the two sports. I think Pru was pretty open in saying that Flowers had like the best ball skills on the team last yeah, year, even because, as a freshman. Because he's a really good baseball yeah. player, and I think that 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 that, uh, that tracks. I mean, that, that, Pru, that Pru sort put of, something into that, that you know, if you play center field and you can track a ball out there, you're going to track a ball pretty well in the secondary too. Yeah, and, and I like the fact that, that he's not the biggest safety, um, but he's not small. Uh, he's he's not afraid to hit somebody. Uh, he showed last year he can play through some pain a little bit. Had some some nicks and stuff that he played through for there for a bit. And I just think you know we know Nigel Warrior is going to be back there if he's healthy, right? We know that. So then the question becomes: Okay, are they going to rotate the other spot? Are they going to do it um, in it's, packages? It's, it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be package dependent on on you know if they go down to dime. You know, do they move? some guys around do they move a nigel to 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 the money or the star yep. in certain situations is, you know and, and that's where which i like the, the closer you get nigel warrior to the line that, of scrimmage the more i like him the thing about nigel is he's not shown to be a very good he's shown to be better against the run than in coverage i yes. wouldn't want to i wouldn't want him in one-on-one situations too much um unless he's maybe defending a tight end uh or a running back but um but yeah, I, I think Flowers. You know, if he can hold off Jalen McCullough, Theo Jackson, another guy that's sort of in the mix there. We'll have to see if uh, uh, if any other any other guys get back there. And and and, and, and I think one of the one I, of the wild I, one I of the think wild, Theo's a better player than he showed last year. I think one of the wild cards in the secondary is also uh, is is D'Angelo Gibbs, yep. um, and he could yep. be a guy that gets in the mix at that star position if he's uh, if he gets eligible. I'm not I'm not sure how much optimism there is there with that, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Flowers is a guy that he's he's sort of maybe more of the rangy coverage center field type safety than, than maybe yeah. Warrior is, mm-hmm. uh, and part of that is because of his better ball skills. And, and we've seen you know how many interceptions did Warrior drop last year? He had a couple you know PI penalties too. So and while yeah, while McCullough is another option there, I think they feel like they need a center fielder kinda yeah, to play along saying, with Warrior. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that a lot of people do. You know, there was that old thunder lightning kind of combo yeah. there at safety that people thought about. Now I think more people do a true left and right mm-hmm. uh, than they do. You know, it just depends on which defense it is. But bottom line is, I, I think Warriors you, more likely to play close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, than, that's where he's best suited. Yeah. yeah, unless you have two absolute stud safeties who can do everything, you normally want guys who complement each other. Well, that's back what you there. want. You want guys that can do. You want five Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick's back there. Yeah, I mean, you, you would like to have usually what guys like Bama and Clemson and Georgia are putting back there, but if you're Tennessee right now, you're having to sort of, you know, make an amalgamation of, of skills. You're having to put things together there uh, in, in the pot there, you know, like like Kevin's Chili Day, everybody becoming friends in the pot. Brian that, hasn't that, watched Office, so he doesn't know that, that That's what they need. Kevin's Chili Day is one of the greatest moments in TV history, by the I, way. i got to catch up. They're, they're dropping the office from Netflix at the end of 2020, so I've, I've got... you got a whole year yeah. in six months, so I got get time. on it. So disappointed. 
But uh, but but the bottom line is, I, I think if you're Tennessee, you know Warrior's going to be back there. So if you know Warrior's going to be there, you need to go with the guy who I think has really good ball skills next to him. And McCall's a really smart kid. He's smarter than most college freshmen. I mean, he, he's a sharp kid. He'll know. He'll understand the defense. He'll understand where he needs to be. Um, but he's also, I, I think, Flowers might be a little better natural athlete. I, I think I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to discredit McCullough in that era, but area. But I think he. I think that's he, he's, fair. he's a little, you know, a little stiffer. He's just a little different athlete, and and so I, I I like if Flowers can do the job. I think he is a perfect fit for what Tennessee needs next to Warrior, and I think no matter who starts there, I think they're gonna. You know, there's going to be some injuries. You, you know, there's all that always happens. There's going to be guys who play well at times and then don't play well at others. I just think Flowers is a guy who makes a lot of sense to go back there and have a pretty good year. So that's my pick on on uh, on defense, which is a little bit less risky than my pick on offense, but they're both kind of risky picks, if I'm being honest. So try to spice it up a little bit. Yeah, you're definitely spicing up. So so we're going to offense now? Not just not just yet. Hold on, Ryan. Not, not just yet. We have okay. to pay the bills. That's true. Because do we still like do we still like products? Do we still use products? Yeah. Yes. Do we do we still like services? We there are services that we use, right? Lots of them. You know, and and sometimes an in-house ad will show you something that you didn't know existed before, and you go, "Wow, that's a good idea. I think I'm gonna check that out." Do we agree with that? Yeah. I got good news for y'all. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Good break, guys. Yeah. Good break. I thought it was really productive. I thought it was one of our more productive breaks that we've taken during a podcast to this point. We had a nice team huddle. Yeah, you know, discuss some things. Yeah, we we got we got some, some ball plays in the sand. Some some important life lessons that we learned. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the end of a Saved by the Bell episode. You know, there were or a South Park episode. There was a yeah. point. There was a point. We learned a lesson. Uh, let's go now with, uh, you know, we've already won some championships. So now let's go ahead and sell some tickets and talk about some offensive guys. We'll go in the same order. Ryan, your okay. pick for offensive breakout performer for the Tennessee football team in 2019. Team season, not using the right subject and verb. There I remember the first were. time I did a podcast. Yeah. Drum roll. Yeah. No. Um, we, won't, we won't try to. Pretty weak. Yeah, we won't. Just duplicate. pick the name. Uh We'll go with the boring one first. You guys will you guys will touch on some guys who can actually score touchdowns. Uh, this one not likely to score a touchdown at all, but uh, you never know. I guess anything's possible. Fumble recovery in the end zone or something. But I'm going with an offensive lineman, K. Ryan Calvert. I like that pick a lot. Uh, He's I think a big he, boy. He is a big boy, and I I've liked his potential since he was coming out of high school. But he was one of those guys that I thought all along could be just total boom or total bust. There yep. was almost going to be no in between with him because he had such an interesting background. He he had injury troubles in high school. He played basketball in high school. He got into football more his last couple of years and you know, showed a lot of potential. Tennessee offered him uh, after seeing him at, at multiple camps that, that summer going into his senior year. Ends up taking him and, and landing him that, uh, that August, I believe. And, uh, and, and it was a nice pickup at the time, but you know, South Carolina, there were a couple other SEC schools that were intrigued by him, but you know, clearly not everybody was completely bought in on him he was, he was seen as a bit of a project because he just hadn't had a lot of experience he hadn't played a ton of football and, and he had had some injury troubles and he got to tennessee the injuries you know still were something he was dealing with they had to clean up a, a previous injury that was maybe not perfectly patched up with surgery or what whatever might have been the issue there had, had to sit out uh his first year with that and then he gets back in the mix last year you know we saw a little bit of him but not a whole lot and then this year on on the practice field in the spring, finally out there full time, and he looks he looks healthy. He looks like he's progressed, and you, you see the makings of what kind of the potential we saw coming out of high school starting to come together. And he he looks like honestly one of the favorites to maybe start at guard. Uh, yeah. I think I think if you were drawing up a starting five today, uh, it quite possibly would have Karon Calvert in it. So I'm. I'm obviously banking on him winning a starting job or at least starting several games this year, but I, I think he can do that. Uh, I, I do think this situation gets a little more interesting if Trey Smith comes back. 
uh, and that's always a, a possibility from what we've heard the last couple months. I sure. think it's at least a coin flip at this point, and that you know if he comes back, that complicates the situation for a guy like Calvert. He's going to have more competition at guard probably, but um, but still, I think he's shown enough that he might be a guy Tennessee counts on this year, and, and I like his chances. You know, he would obviously be a first time starter, really first time major contributor, and if he can do that and and really. Uh, live up to to the talent he has. I think he could surprise a lot of people this year. And you know, I'm, I'm not saying he'll be Tennessee's best lineman or anything like that, but I think he could be pretty good. Uh, and, and at right guard, you need him to be, especially in the run game. And he has the he has the talent to do that. Pat, what, what? <laughs> your thoughts on Calvert? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the wild card guys. He's one of the guy going into spring practice you were looking for to make a move. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's made one, and and I think they I, I think they maybe envision him as being that SEC caliber road grading guard, yeah. um, big guy, six five, three twenty, three thirty, that just moves people, um, and, and clears up a lot of space and takes on the other team's big guys. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, he he's sort of a, a complete wild card. You don't really know uh, if he's gonna be. Uh, you know, a starting caliber player, or if he's just sort of a spring practice flash in the pan, we don't, yeah. we'll have to see what he looks like. Obviously he's had injury issues in the past. Um, and, and he, he's finally now starting to look healthy. He's probably starting to feel healthy, mm-hmm. starting to get comfortable, uh, playing and, and, and doing a lot of the things on, on, on the, on his knees that have given him trouble in the past. So, um, you know, that's, if he's a guy that can emerge and, and become a starter, then that answers one of the questions. Um, and, and maybe he yeah. wasn't a guy that going into the season, you would thought uh, be Ryan Johnson will be Jerome Carvin. Uh, it may not be, maybe it may be a guy like Howard emerges. And if he, and if he emerges and shows that he's the best option, then he will have earned it because he, he'll be passing guys that have started and played yeah. a little bit more, not only for Tennessee, but for this particular staff. As well. That's, that's a good point. I, I think, um, you know, people are probably wondering if you're going to pick an offensive lineman, why not Wanye Morris? Why not Darnell Wright? Uh, and Morris still might be a smart pick because um, you can go anywhere to get that kind of uh, insight. That's right, that's right. But uh, but also just because I I don't think either of those guys is a sure thing for this year. Uh, I think there's still a scenario where maybe Wanye Morris isn't a day one starter. There's certainly a scenario where Darnell Wright isn't a day one starter just because he's getting here. And, you know, he got here in the summer, so he can do it. But he's got a lot uh, to to do to get ready. Um, it's possible both of those guys are day one starters. We'll see, but. I feel better about Calbert actually right now being a an impact player this year that, than I do maybe about either of those guys in a way because I if more struggle you know if even if he plays a lot early he could struggle you know true freshmen sometimes deal with that I'm I'm yeah. driving the the Morris and Darnell ride both starting train I'm yeah I'm it, the conductor hey it absolutely could happen the the talent is there there's no reason it it can't happen uh it's just a matter of whether the, the staff decides it can trust those guys right off the bat um and and if Calbert ends up starting you know regardless of what happens with Wanye Morris or or Darnell Wright or both he will be overtaking guys like you said Ryan Johnson played a lot of football for Tennessee he'd be playing over potentially forcing Jameer Johnson into kind of a swing role. He might make Jameer Johnson a utility guy that's the first man off the bench um, in the right scenario. And that's, we'll see if that even happens. And that's one of the reasons you maybe they have just, some doubts. They love Jameer so much because they I, do. I think he, he's going to start somewhere, but I, I, I might be wrong. I, I think so too. I mean, I, if I had to guess, I think so too. And that's one of the things that is, that is tough about projecting this offensive line. They've got a movable piece like Jameer Johnson. And then they've got guys like Calvert who have emerged or, or are starting to emerge. And and even Marcus Tatum at right tackle, you know, you don't know who wins out in some of these battles. So they, they've got some interesting options, but I just think Calvert showed enough this spring that if he continues on this trajectory, I, I like his chances of being a, a guy who plays a lot of football and plays pretty well for Tennessee. Here's how I can sum up the way I feel about Calvert. I, I say this all the time, and I'm probably way too honest about this. I don't know a ton about offensive linemen. I think most people who cover football don't know a lot about to offensive be, line. To be fair, you don't know a lot about a lot of things. That's true. But I think we all, there are very few, you have to pretty much have played the O-line spot a lot or coached football to really, really get that position. But there are some things we can notice. Like I can notice when a guy is basically, like when a guy gets his pads low and he hits somebody, I can see if they can move people. You know, mm-hmm. And when you watch Tennessee's offensive linemen, 
in practice, the one thing you see when he's healthy, when he goes, Trey Smith, when he gets his pads low, he will just obliterate you. He can knock you on your backside in a second. And the only guy on the team who I have seen get even close to that level is is Karon Calvert. He's the only guy I've seen that when he gets his pads low and he really hits you, you see how much sort of force there is behind that. And and he is a guy who I like a lot. Uh, I like his upside a lot. I know that that he's got to you know keep working on his body. I know that he's there's some things that he's got to do, but he's been doing some of those things. And he is a guy who really, really, really can hit you. So he's a guy who who when I look at guys up front who can like really kind of pop. Uh, it's hard to really pop at the O line for me, but I've seen Calvert do this enough times where there are times where the guys he's hitting on defensive practice they're not happy about it. He hits you pretty hard, so. Um, that's why I like that pick. I think he's a guy who has all kinds of upside, and he'd be a good story too. Uh, be a guy who yeah. in-state kid comes from practically nowhere, ends up being a really good player, uh, and I think he's got NFL upside to him if he if he plays the position as well as he could. So, uh, and and now we'll go to a pick that is Pat's, and I think is uh, the only argument about this pick is whether or not it's actually a breakout pick. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it's a breakout pick because it's going to be such a increase in production, and I'm going to pick. Uh, I, th- I think this is a breakout pick. Dominic Wood Anderson, yeah. or as Jeremy Pruitt refers to him, Dom Woods Anderson. Dom Woods Anderson. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's because uh, I'm playing up two things, a uh, couple things here. First of all, I've heard really good things about Wood Anderson and the offseason he's had. I heard he's uh, really been impressive in some of the uh, workouts they've done this summer. Really focused. Another guy that's kind of going into a contract here. Uh, second reason is the Jim Chaney corollary. Uh, we've seen what this guy's done with tight ends in the past. He's done it at Tennessee with Luke Stocker and Michael Rivera. Uh, he did it at Arkansas with Hunter Henry uh, and, and Isaac Nauta as a freshman. And then last year we're, we're at Georgia was you know, productive under Cheney's watch. Um, and the third is that, you know, ten- if you're an opposing defense, you know, defensive coordinator and you're figuring how you're going to stop Tennessee's offense, other than, you know, Worrying if you're going to have to blitz to get pressure on the quarterback, which you probably shouldn't, but you might want to just to see how, how good this offensive line is. It's going to be tough to figure out how you're going to defend uh, Juwan Jennings if he's healthy, Josh Palmer if he's healthy, and Marquez Callaway if he's healthy. And then you yeah. got to worry about the running back out of the backfield if it's Ty Chandler. You got to cover one of them. One on, you got to cover a couple of those guys one on one. You're going to have Dominic Gwynn Anderson is going to see single coverage pretty much all season, if I had to guess. Yeah. Until, and so he's going to have opportunities where he's going to be matched up with linebackers who he's more athletic and faster than and should be able to get separation and should be able to get open. Um, and, or he's going to be matched up with safeties who he's bigger than. And now he, the biggest area I think he has to improve is catching those contested passes. You don't get a lot of wide-open catches uh, in the SEC. As a tight end, maybe you get more because you get design plays for you that sneak you out, you know, sneak you out in, in, into the route, whatever. Um, he, he's got to make those kind of tougher catches. Those were some catches they let get away last year. But the biggest thing, and, and the reason I think this is a, a, a breakout pick, is last season uh, a lot of people were excited about what, what, what Anderson was going to do. He had 17 catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. Now, he, he hadn't missed a game, missed half of one, I think, with an injury. Yeah, and was dinged it, up for it, other games. If you games. take what the tight ends have produced in Jim Chaney offense of the past decade, going back to his first Tennessee stint. Yep. Past eight, if you take eight seasons and you take out the one crap year that Isaac Nauta had as a sophomore, that was 2017. Yep. They, Georgia probably didn't even need to throw it to the tight end. They had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and DeAndre Swift and all those guys. Uh, that could have run a wing the key. Average, the average individual numbers for those guys were 32 catches for 428 yards. So that's like that's a pretty big jump in production. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if that's what comes Wood Anderson's way, and they caught 25 combined touchdown passes too. So that's a pretty big jump in production if, if that's what Wood Anderson does this year. So I'm, I'm thinking he's a guy that um, he's a piece that Cheney's going to really like using. I think he's a guy that, that Jared Garantano is going to get more comfortable with, maybe not as a security blanket, but a guy that he knows he can trust over the middle of the field. Yeah, there's two reasons. I There's three reasons I really like the pick of, of Wood Anderson here. One, because, duh, he's really good. Uh, number two is I think – one of the best things you can say, because there are people who there are Jim Chaney, like every other guy out there has detractors. There are people out there who don't love everything about the guy as a coordinator, but I think it's really hard to ignore the fact that Jim Chaney is really good at something that all offensive coordinators need to be really good at. He identifies his best players and he gets them the football. And you talk about not as year there at Georgia in, in 17, uh, that may have been the, his sophomore year that wasn't great. Well, look at what was there in the backfield. When Jim Chaney has 
great quarterbacks and receivers, he's going to throw the ball 40 times a game. When he has dominant running backs and a big road grading offensive line, he's going to run the ball 40, 50 times a game. And when he has a good tight end, as he showed at Tennessee, as he showed other places, he will get that tight end the football. And that's not something that a lot of people do consistently, but Jim Chaney is a guy who has done it. And I think that that's the reason number two. And the reason number three that I really like it is also has to do with Chaney. Jim Chaney has spent a fair amount of time in his career in the NFL. And I think in general, NFL coaches are much better than college coaches at getting the ball to the tight end. And if you see this, offensive coordinators who have some background in the in the NFL game, you know, they've been around the game at the highest level and they see what kind of a weapon the tight end can be. And, and they are better at doing what so many college coaches and even a ton of high school coaches don't do very well, which is get the ball to the tight end. And, and I think Wood Anderson is one of Tennessee's best football players. And he's a guy who has a coordinator who knows what to do with that position. And so I think you put those together and, and you also talk about the single coverage he's going to get. I think everything, every sign points to if Tennessee's quarterback play is solid and the O-line play is adequate. I think you could see a pretty good year for the tight end because Jim Chaney will not overcomplicate the situation. He will say, Garantano, get the ball to four. Get the ball to four. Get the ball to four. He'll tell him that. And, and I think that Garantano will listen. And, and I think that's a, that's a pick that I like for a lot of reasons. Uh, he's a guy who uh, could have a, a, a good year. And, and the guy I was going to pick, we'll end this with, I guess, uh, my – stupid risky pick maybe on offense but a guy who I'm, i've stood on the table for him before i'll do it again uh, i was going to pick palmer but then i thought ryan actually made a good point that that it, is that really a breakout he was near the top nationally in receiving yards per catch last he was year. second on the team in receiving yards, yards. yeah just he, he he had a he he had a he had a good year like there's so, another step for him to take but and i, I think know. he could and yeah. he might do that but i stuck with the wide receiver position and i took a guy that i've stood on the table for the entire time he's been at tennessee I think this is a flawed player right now, but I think this is a guy who, if he finds a way to put it together, could make some really big plays for Tennessee. And I'm going to go with Jordan Murphy on offense because I have talked to people who have seen a lot of Tennessee practice uh, and, and what these people who know football better than I do have been able to – when these people are saying the same things I'm seeing with the little practice time that we get – that makes me think, okay, I might be onto something there. And if you just go watch Tennessee practice and you just watch the wide receivers go run their route trees and, and run stuff in practice, you might think that Jordan Murphy is the most natural wide receiver on Tennessee's roster. The way he runs routes, the way he catches the ball, which is beautiful. He just plucks it out of the air. You know, he, ne- he never body catches it, never gets into his chest. He goes out and plucks the ball out of the air like good receivers do. He's got really good hands, really, really, really good ball skills. This is a guy who has the ability to be a really, really good wide receiver. The problem is twofold, and I'll, I'll throw these out here at the beginning. Uh, one, Tennessee has a lot of wide receivers right now that are good football players and more proven than Jordan Murphy. Uh, so even if Juwan Jennings is banged up, you've still got you know your, your Callaways and your um, – you know, your Palmers and even your Brandon Johnsons. Uh, you've got guys who have done it before. And Murphy's a guy who hasn't really consistently done it before. But I'm taking a bet that that's, that's the one problem. The other problem is, uh, we, I can be honest about this, there are people who say, <clears throat> who say that Jordan Murphy does not pick things up as quickly as others do in terms of understanding the offense, understanding the nuances, the complexities. Some guys just have a ton of football intelligence naturally, and some guys need a second to pick up on well, things. And you got and you got to be a good route runner. I mean, it's a very technical position. Yes, and, and it's a position that if you're thinking too much, um, it can you you don't get to play up to your ability. Well, and, let's let's face it. There's a reason the NFL is full of guys like Wes Welker and yes. Julian Edelman that have that have not been the fastest, tallest guys, but they just get open. Yes, it's because you can do the small things well, and you got to be able to do the small things well at receiver. And and Murphy's a guy who has struggled to put the whole thing together. And I think if he can do that, he's an upperclassman now. Uh, the, the time is now for him to start to kind of put it together. And I, even if he doesn't have, like, huge numbers for Tennessee, I think the bare minimum is he makes two or three huge plays for Tennessee this season. I think he's a guy who, you know, if maybe on, like, a third and 17, you just have to kind of chuck it and make a play downfield. 
He's a guy who can go make a play downfield. Uh, he's a guy who can run. You know, he plays more on the outside, even though he's not the biggest guy, because that's just sort of the natural skill set he has. Uh, he's a guy who I think will take the top off the defense for some big plays this season. I think he's a guy who can do some things, and if he gets a chance, I think he'll make some plays. Certainly has the pedigree. I mean, let's not forget he was a top 247 prospect coming out of high school. Yes, he was. Um, our, our, our analyst at 24-7 Sports liked him quite a bit. He was at the as most of the top players in those states are, he was at the Mississippi Alabama All-Star game uh, mm-hmm. his senior year and and stood out as much as any of the receivers down there. So I, I think he's got the potential to do it. And, and if you're Tennessee, you certainly could use a guy like him to emerge. They've I think that we know their top three receivers, if healthy, are going to be, you know, probably Callaway, Jennings, and Palmer. But yep. you need someone beyond those other three to those three to and emerge. You got Johnson and Bird. You've got some other. Yeah, some other guys that played a lot of football. You know, a, a guy who, who could have been the pick, Cedric. Uh, Cedric Tillman, uh, Cedric yeah. Tillman could have been. I mean, he he really yeah. impressed me last year in camp a lot. And so. year two could be, yeah, where he starts to emerge. You got Ramel Keaton as a true but freshman. See, you need someone in that next tier to sort of emerge, and you hope it's Murphy. The problem that I have with Tillman is that he has so many. There are so many things that he does well that also the other guys on the water on the, on the roster now do well. That I don't want to say he's redundant, but he has. They sort of have some of those skills already. Murphy's a guy who's a little bit different. Got some if he speed. Can do it. Yeah, not the not the biggest build. He's he's built a little bit differently, but but has that speed, that next yeah. gear that not many guys on this roster currently have, and and the staff's already been trying to change that. But you certainly see that 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 extra gear, a speed, in, in him, and and you hope he can start to put it together to to make the most of it. Yeah, I just I, I think what the uh, what Wes said about him being different. A little bit different from some of the power forward type guys they have. I yeah, because they why. have they have kind of a front court there. Yeah, I mean they've got guys that can go up and get fifty fifty balls. They have guys that can go over the middle of the field and make tough catches and drag defenders and uh, pick up yak yards that way. But they need a guy like Murphy who can take something short, take a swing pass, take an out route, make a guy miss, and turn a five yard gain into a twenty five yard gain or longer. And so either him or Tyler Bird needs to step up uh, as the guy who can be that kind yeah, of yeah. And Murphy again, he was a four star guy and. Um, a lot of people have been sort of waiting for him to turn it on. And we saw a couple flashes of it last year. He had a big, big couple plays against Kentucky, I think was the game he had it. Mm-hmm. Had a big catch on like a corner kind of flag route. Uh, and then he took a reverse and went, I think, like 60 yards or something. Yep. So we've seen flashes of him being able to be that sort of the big play guy. And if he can sort of continue to put it all together, pick up the offense, get comfortable on what he needs to do, knowing what he needs to do, then I think he's a guy that could get on the field a little bit more, maybe more than some of the other guys. And I think he is probably maybe the most dynamic of the rest of the receiving core. Um, yeah, because it reminds me a little bit. Do you remember when um, – I mean, I'm not saying he's even in the same stratosphere as a player because I, I don't think he is. But if you remember, there were also complaints that uh, a Tennessee wide receiver, you know, in terms of picking up things on the fly quickly, he wasn't to, always the best Are you about to mention Cordell Patterson? And who was his offensive coordinator at Tennessee? Jim Chaney. Jim Chaney will make things as complicated or simple as they need to be in order, he knows how to teach the game to guys, and I think that he's a guy Murphy yeah, could benefit not, because because Ch- Cheney will say, "Screw it, find a way to give him the ball two or three times a game and see what he does." It's not just a necessarily Murphy knowing what he's doing; he's be a little bit more consistent too. Absolutely, I mean, he has ups and downs and good days and bad days, and so if he can uh, show a little bit more good than bad, then then Cheney and the rest of the coaching staff will trust him enough to to give him the ball and give him some opportunities and and set some plays up for him. Um, and so, but again, I, I think if you're looking, uh, and I'm not really sold to be frank on, on the rest of the receiving core. Uh, I really like the top three guys they have. Yeah, Johnson had a disappointing year. The he rest just, he of did. it, I don't know. I think that you know, I think Brandon Johnson, Tyler Bird, kind of are what they are. I still think Cedric. Isn't that disappointing th- though? It's so disappointing with Bird because he I, could be more. I, I think Cedric Tillman still might be a year, uh, maybe half a year away. Love the upside though. Um, and he's not a guy to, to bail on if he's not, you know, playing a big role this season. He's just a retro freshman. Um, uh, you know, I like to see what Ramel Keaton can do. I think he's a guy that yeah. has every will have every opportunity to show that he can get some opportunities. And, and Murphy's the guy I think is maybe the maybe the top of the pile a little bit um, in terms of most likely to get a little bit more of a uh, of a bigger role. Um, but uh, there's a lot of guys that, that they're going to be competing for snaps and targets for when you throw in. Ty Chandler and, and Dominic Wood Anderson too. So uh, I think Murphy needs to have a good summer. He needs to have a good preseason camp, but he's a guy that certainly 
uh, has had modest production the past two years. So if his production goes up a lot, then I think that, that sort of qualifies as maybe a breakout guy. Yeah, speaking of Keaton, he was, to me, one of the all-timers that I'd seen in terms of guys who look so big until they get to college. Because this is a he's a big looking wide receiver in high school. He just was. And then you see him lining up next to Tennessee's power forward wide receiver core and you go, Yeah, he looks like a freshman now. He he you know, he looked like a big kid in high school and he might end up looking like a big guy in college, but you saw him, you're like, Man, I thought I remembered you being bigger. But he just, you know, he's one of those guys who Tennessee's wide receivers, you know, you talk about your Callaways and Jennings and Palmers and the, these are some you know, tell me these are some big dudes. Just some big dudes. And Keaton's a guy who I think will have a nice career at Tennessee. But yeah, I, I think I, I'm this pick might end up backfiring on me, but but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Murphy. Pat, was there anybody on offense or defense that we did not mention that you thought really, really could have been a pick? Maybe not, but No, I think we got I think we I think we made three really good selections. You do, do you? I do. Start the music. That's what I'm doing now. I thought I was clicking the button, but I wasn't at first. Do you want honesty, Pat? There's honesty. There's honesty for you. I appreciate your honesty. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. Uh, hopefully, you know, next week we'll have a couple podcasts. As usual, we'll be back on our normal schedule. Thank you for, for uh, allowing us to deviate a little bit this week, provide something that's a little more evergreeny, a little less newsy. But uh, I think it was a good topic uh, and a good time to, to discuss it. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is just Grant Ramey on Twitter uh, because he's selfish and not a team player. You can also get all of us on social media at twitter.com slash govols 24-7. If you just want Tennessee information, nothing personal, just all vols all the time. Twitter.com slash GoVols247 for that. You can also go to Facebook.com slash GoVols247 for that. Uh, Pat and Grant do an awesome job. Awesome job. Uh, for the, we, the rest of us help out, but those are the two main staples there, the Facebook page, and they do uh, a really, really, really good job in my opinion. Uh, or if you want to drink straight from the hose, you can go do that as always at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets. Uh, you can get Tennessee news on football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball, women's basketball, women's basketball recruiting, softball, everything, everything Tennessee does all the time. You can get all of it on GoVoss247.com. Uh, you can right now get a, a really good deal, actually 30% off on an annual subscription. You can go to the website there, click on that little linky there, and you can get that done pretty easily. And uh, you know what? If you, if you don't do it, it's nothing personal, but that says more about you than us. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to say it. If you're a Tennessee fan and you're not subscribing to that site, for less than the price of one mediocre lunch a month, you can get all the Tennessee news imaginable all the time. It's 24-7 for a reason. Pat, any final thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs>